This podcast contains explicit language. Hey, it's Mike from 424recording.com, and I just want to say, if you're a fan of the podcast or channel, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 424recording. Hello, and welcome to 424 Recording, a podcast featuring interviews with musicians, artists, YouTubers, and other creatives about the creative process. We're also talking all things music, especially in the punk, grunge, bedroom, and indie rock genres. Hey, it's Mike from 424recording.com here with another 424 Recording podcast, episode number 32, Hurry Up and Fail. Uh, This week, I got that platitude from a book by Ed Catmull called Creativity, Inc., It's all about Pixar and the beginnings of Pixar and how the animation company really, you know, created a completely new genre of film that had never been seen before. And the subtitle of the book is Overcoming the Unseen Forces That Stand in the Way of True Inspiration. I got to say, this book was pretty dope. Uh, This podcast sounds like it's going to be a book review podcast today, which I don't think it is, but I'll, I'll get into it a little bit, but... It's a great book, anyway. If for anybody looking to get some ideas about creativity, being inspired, uh, what it takes to make those Pixar films, man, that stuff is crazy. I don't know how those people do it. Uh, truly in awe by all those people at Pixar and uh, doing some great work. But really great book. Uh, very complex in some of the ideas about creativity to a point where I've never seen somebody dig so deeply into uh, how to manage creative people and just where creativity comes from. Very different uh, standpoint. I felt like, you know, sometimes things are very on the surface uh, or more simple or boiled down to platitudes that are very easy to understand. And Ed himself says, you know, in these there is truth in platitudes, but also it kind of steamrolls over the main point or how you learn into getting that point. And through the repetition of things like hurry up and fail kind of loses its meaning, which I think he's spot on. But there's also aspects of the book that frighten me a little bit because of uh, how complex they are and the thinking about creativity and just things I never thought of. And it kind of makes me feel like maybe I need to challenge myself more in terms of my own creativity and thinking about my own creativity and where that comes from. But I mean, Ed is also managing a, I'm assuming, multi-billion dollar or million dollar uh, company right now that had merged with Disney Animation. So I don't know. He's got a lot on his plate. And He's been with the company since the beginning. Uh, I think George Lucas um, essentially created Pixar and was an, originally an imaging computer, but um, and then slowly, you know, I also read this because of the Steve Jobs bio I had been reading, and it kind of segued perfectly into this book. I highly recommended two books if you want to read them back to back: Steve Jobs bio by William Isaacson and um, Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull. Great books. Uh, I don't know. Just stuff I was getting into over the break. Uh, and I was also just trying to get back into reading because I've been really uh, bad about it. And I think it's really important as, I don't know, just as a human to read stuff, uh, especially well-written books that are on topics that you enjoy. I think it really expands your brain and expands your knowledge palette and your ability to write and communicate. So hit up those books if you're looking for something. But I don't know, hurry up and fail. I was thinking this this week, I was over in Syracuse, New York, helping my buddy Sean with some film stuff, some writing. He called me up from the minor leagues to help him get his story structure in uh, intact. I guess that's my thing. If you need somebody to help you with your story structure, help you to produce your next uh, great piece of writing or art, hit me up. I will definitely be there to help you out. 424recording at gmail.com. 
But uh, nice little nice little plug there. Nice little plug, Mike. Yeah, yeah, good one. Um, but yeah, hurry up and fail. I'm going to keep coming back around to this. I was thinking about making a documentary about Sean. He's a pretty fascinating guy to me because I've known him for so long and because I've seen his development as a creative person. He was on the um, live stream, if you caught that. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, very fascinating guy. I, there's things I didn't realize about him until this time hanging out with him. One of which was that as creative as a person as he is, and he's an amazing musician, he never pursues that. And the biggest reason is he just doesn't enjoy it and doesn't want to be the person in the spotlight, which I never like realized, which makes perfect sense because he's a director. He's directed commercials, directed some films. Uh, Hudson was one that came out recently. Uh, it's been out for, I think, uh, since October. But I mean, it's he's still you know in the process of shopping it around and getting it onto streaming platforms and things of that nature. But um, yeah, I had Greg Lay and, and Sean and Mary on the podcast earlier, and they were talking a bit about that project. If, you, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, uh, definitely check out those episodes. But yeah, I never realized that he was more about being, which makes perfect sense, being behind the camera and not necessarily in front of it. You know, he's not somebody who wants to be an actor, obviously. He wants to be somebody creating stories and telling them and filming them in ways that are, you know, pleasing to people watching them, right? Similar to Ed and all the people at Pixar and the directors there, John Lasseter, you know, anybody who's doing that sort of creative work, I never realized, well, you know, they're not as interested in doing something like a YouTube channel where they're in front of the camera. They're not as interested in being in a band or playing out rather than being in front of crowds. And it just got me thinking a lot about, you know, creativity in general and different types of creativity and, you know, figuring out where your creativity lies, you know, because I think for myself too, like as much as I enjoy doing YouTube and being in front of the camera, like I am more of a behind the scenes kind of guy. I've always been more of in a support mode, I feel like, you know, uh, support mode by that, I mean, supporting other people doing their creative thing. That was kind of, I always felt like my purpose in bands and projects and you know any sort of creative projects I've been working with people I is kind of always assume the role of you know more of a structure foundation uh you know I started playing bass like you know I feel like bass is a much more accompanying instrument in the kind of music that I was playing um and that's and I, I like that role that's that's a role I think you know I see myself doing really well in but a big reason I stepped into like more of a leadership role you know with bands from you know, points on after that. And in terms of the channel, you know, doing my own thing with this, you know, I just couldn't find people who were committed to projects that I wanted to be committed to or who had projects that I was really excited about. Um, and I was, you know, I've been in a lot of projects over the years. And then eventually I just said, well, hey, you know what? I'll start my own project. I'll show them. That'll show them. But uh, yeah, so I was thinking about making a documentary on him just because he's had a lot of ups and downs recently in terms of his creative adventure. And the reason, so I'm wrapping this all back into Hurry Up and Fail. Uh, I was going to shoot it. I brought my camera up there when we were working on this. We kind of just locked ourselves in a room. We're, you know, working on getting the story together. You know, had some pretty long days. We weren't really eating much during those periods and drinking a lot of coffee and just, just getting around a table with some index cards and some ideas and, 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 and really got something go, good going. So, um, it was, it was awesome. It was really cool, which is another thing I'll have to talk about another time, you know, having separate projects or side projects or different types of creative projects. I talked about this a bit on the live stream last week, uh, how important I'm realizing that is, you know, 
it's so easy to just always have one tunnel vision of something and, uh, you know, never try something different. And it's, it kind of uh, flexes a different creativity muscle in your brain, you know, to go from, in my instance, working on music all the time and working on these videos and then going into something about writing, which is something I used to be really passionate about and fell out of for one reason or another. So interesting stuff, but hurry up and fail. I wanted to make this documentary on him and I just didn't do it. You know, there was all these scenes I could have filmed. There were all these funny moments between, you know, us and his mom was there because he's living with his mom right now, uh, working on this stuff. And, uh, you know, I was, I think it would have been really cool, but I had this like, you know, voice in the back of my head that kept saying, ah, it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to be good enough. You don't have the right camera. You don't have the right sound. Uh, this isn't that interesting of a story. Uh, I had all these things that were stopping me from this initial fun idea I had of just like, hey, I'm just going to like shoot some stuff, make it kind of a documentary, mockumentary style thing, make it fun, do step out of my box even more, you know, to this, this other directing or, you know, well, I guess I've been making videos with YouTube, but, you know, it would have been something completely different. I guess I still could do this idea. Um, but I had already said to myself, well, you know, this isn't going to be that good. Why even bother doing it, right? And this goes back to, in the expert's mind, there are a few possibilities. In the beginner's mind, there are many. I was completely thinking I already knew that I couldn't do this or that it wasn't going to look good. I already thought I knew everything about this whole process. And I said, well, it's, it's, it's not even worth doing, right? And granted, there are some things that you have to put a there's only so many things you can do, and that's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is I had time to do this. It would have been a fun thing, but I told myself, no, I'm not going to do it because it's not going to come out that good. And really what, what started happening was another thing I read in that book, if you think, you stink, meaning I started thinking way too much about it. I, I didn't, maybe I would have just made this thing and it would have came out really fun and cool and, you know, I would be the only person to see it or maybe I would have put it up on the channel or something, but... I don't know. It, it, it was just very, it, it was very, it really took, took the piss out of me, I guess you would say. I think that's kind of British slang, is it? I really just lost all of my inspiration to try and do this. And rather than, you know, I already had failed in my mind with it. Um, whereas if I had just like gotten moving on it and, and tried to create something, who knows? I would have made something Maybe it would have been great. Maybe it would have been crappy. Maybe it would have been somewhere in the middle. But I'll never know that now because I didn't actually make it. So hurry up and fail in terms of this is I should have just gotten going as fast as I could and made it and not even thought about it and, you know, figured out. And, and if it would have been a failure or not, I mean, I talk a lot about success and failure and defining your own success. But I think the other point of this platitude hurry up and fail is get moving. And because the more you fail, the faster you're failing, the more you will learn. This is something I've touched upon in the perfectionist videos, some of the other rants on the channel that I was doing last year. Um, if you never, if you never do anything, if I never make any of these little movies that I want is going to start making with Sean or whoever, you'll never know whether or not you're good at them. But if you, if you do them and you do a lot of them and you, you know, you keep failing at them in your mind, whatever that is like failing, you're going to learn something every time you do those. And 
I guess this this podcast is just sort of a reaffirmation reaffirmation of the idea to keep working at what you're doing, persist at what it is that you're doing, whether or not you think you're doing it well, whether or not you think it could be better, whether or not you have a nice camera or you're using an iPhone, whether or not you have a four track or you know a digital interface, or whether you have the right equipment. Just hurry up and fail. Hurry up and do as many things as you can do as often as you can do them because in each time you do that, you are going to be learning something new. Um, obviously, you got to be trying new things and, and, and trying to execute on ideas. And if you never try and do something, you'll never know. You'll always just think that you're not great at it, whereas it's going to take a lot of time to get great at anything. So, you know, it's it's kind of a it's kind of adding insult to injury. Not only are you not pursuing something that you want to do now because you think you're not good at it, now you're not even going to try to do that. Like you wouldn't even know if you'd be good at it. You're already fortune telling and saying like, "Well, no." Looking into the crystal ball, like this is going to come out like shit. Why should I even bother? So, I don't know. Like I said, another reaffirmation. Hurry up and fail in the projects that you're working on. Another thing that I I feel, you know, some of this stuff is ripped directly from the Creativity Inc. book. Uh, Hurry Up and Fail was something that one of the artists said and what they say in Pixar, you know. Um, They're constantly trying new things. They're making shorts before movies that cost millions of dollars, and they do them because they learn something every time. They don't make any money from them. They're literally losing money by making some of these shorts. Um, There's one I watched yesterday. It's the one that goes before Bugs Life. Uh, It's with, like, an elderly guy playing himself in chess and... The same idea, like they may have learned to do different lighting or different techniques to, you know, get the animation, um, the movements down. But whether they were going to make a bunch of money from it, whether it was going to be this uh, Oscar, do they have Oscars for that stuff? I think they do. Uh, I don't know. Whatever the awards are, I don't know. Whatever whatever awards people need to have these days to feel fulfilled um, or to fake fulfillness, but, you know that wasn't the point. The point of doing it was a probably because it was really fun and B because they were going to learn a lot of stuff the, the money aspect didn't have anything to do with it. Granted, they're a huge company that can afford to, you know, spend the money to do it, but it's all serves the greater purpose of Pixar as a organization, learning new techniques and getting better at the films that they're making. So I don't know. I thought that was super interesting. Uh, so a big thing with this philosophy is that it favors decisiveness. Again, you know, if you sit there thinking about whether to do something or not, you're wasting your energy, you're wasting the time that you have, you're wasting the finite amount of energy you have that day to do something. So I don't know, just going at it and getting something done. I don't, I feel like decisiveness is, is a huge part of, of being creative and, and creating stuff. And, you know, getting to a point of, of completion. That's something we've also talked about with the four track, you know, bringing it back to four, two, four. It's, there's something about that unit. It's very simple. It favors decisiveness. You have to make decisions based on what you're doing, based on what sounds before it. If you're bouncing down, you're going to be losing sounds. You're going to be mixing stuff together. You know, you, you have to make decisions and you have to commit to things. Uh, whereas if you sit in front of an open doll and say, I'm going to record my album right now and you and you don't, you know, because there's too many options or you're not sure what plugins to use or, you know, you're not sure how many tracks you want to have. Like four track, there's four tracks. You can bounce down a few times before it starts getting pretty hairy. You know, go at it. You know, favor, favoring decisiveness, I think, in all, not only creative aspects of life, but all acts of life are incredibly important. 
otherwise you'll never get to where you want to go to if you can't ever make a decision of whether or not you want to go left or right. Which is a great segue into another uh, platitude or something in the book that is, I think, related to this. And it really struck me as being something very true, and I never think about it like this. But the future is not a destination. It is a direction. Uh, which like kind of blew my mind when I read that. Um, you know, because we always think like, oh, well, you know, I want to get to that point. Once I get to have X money in the bank and I have, you know, these projects going on and, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm waking up every day at this time and this like my life is going to be perfect. Like, you know, that's my future. That's what I want. That's the destination I want to get to. Once I get there, it's going to be amazing. But the truth is like, it's almost like you, you never get to that horizon. You're only looking at the spot that you want to get to. And it's giving you this direction of where you want to go. The other thing is life is constantly changing. What you want, what you want to do, who you're with, the, the relationships you have, um, the world itself is constantly changing. We're constantly in a state of change. And I think as humans, we kind of want to always hold on to things and not have things change. But that's kind of the nature of existence, right? From your birth to your death. Things are changing every time. They say you're not the same person based on your cell structure from... I don't know, every few months it replaces itself or a few years or something, you're a completely different person. I don't know, maybe you know what that one is. I'm not exactly sure the exact uh, saying or scientific study about it, but I think it's like seven years, they say, your cells replace themselves, you know? And, you know, every seven years you're basically, you know, like on a cellular structure level, a completely different person than the person you were. So, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to hammer in the point that change... Uh, you know, when you're looking at your future and you're looking at the horizon, one day you may be looking at a spot that looks really nice here, but the next day you may pivot and say, hey, that looks pretty good there. You know, that's kind of a spot where I'm at with the channel and what I want to do with this, you know. I've gotten to this point, I saw this direction I wanted to go and I went for it. And uh, then I took a took a step back and said, well, wait a second, what if I look a little bit that way? What, what, should, what if I go that way? Hmm, let's see what happens. And I, I don't know, there's this, I don't know. You know, and it, and I think in, in the course of hurrying up and failing, you know, and trying different things and trying to go in different directions, you'll never know unless you try things and you do them over and over again and you, you know, and, and you fail at them. But I feel like fail kind of carries a negative connotation, obviously, in our, in our society or just in general. Obviously, if you fail a test, if you fail to perform at the school recital or whatever, um, if you fail to do this, if you fail at this, you know, uh, maybe, maybe we should change it to hurry up and create, you know, hurry up and then do things like just, just by doing that, I, th I don't know, maybe, maybe having a more positive spin on it would make sense. Um, but yeah, it's, I feel like we're always constantly changing direction and, and thinking about the future as like a, a place that we're going to get to all the time. That's going to like save our life or make things right or make, you know, I don't know, make final, like finally the world will make sense once I get to that spot. It's like, you're never, the future isn't, isn't, isn't set at that spot. It's, it's only in, in that direction. So I don't know. And one, one final platitude, I think to sum it all up, um, which I think goes along with everything is the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Yes. You've probably heard this one before. You know, how many of these companies and people are always trying to predict the future? People are always trying to predict the stock market. People are always kind of trying to predict, you know, numbers in the lotto. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, like, 
if you're not sure whether or not you're going to do X, like the best way to do it is to just go and do it. You know, the best way to figure out what your next product is, like a company like Apple is, is not to guess what people want, but it's just to, to, to create something and invent it, you know? Um, same with Pixar and, and I don't know, companies with these creative bents and things that they're trying to do, you know, you know, if, uh, if you really see a trend in a certain type of computing or, you know, music, uh, and you could say, oh, well, I think music is going to be, you know, here in four years. Like, why not just invent that future for it for yourself? If that's where you think it's going to be, you know, I don't know. I hope that makes sense. I think it does. I didn't, I didn't really think about that last, that last one too much. It seemed like it fit when I was like, I made a little list of things I wanted to write about today. Uh, I made a little, I wrote a little list of things I wanted to talk about today. So yeah. Okay. Well, I hope that gives you an idea of some things to think about some things in terms of perfectionism, Uh, a little bit different of a direction today than things have been heading, but nonetheless, something I've been thinking about. So get out there, hurry up and create, hurry up and fail, you know, get those, uh, get those projects under your belt, get those things under your belt, create those things you want to do. And just remember every time you create something, you're, um, getting better at it, I think. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are going well. January is a little bit dreary still, but what can be expected? I'm going to try to get one of these lights. A couple of people have recommended me getting, uh, so yeah, things are looking pretty good. Still trying to figure some things out. Still trying to figure some things out. But uh, like we said, the best way to predict the future is to invent it. So I'm going to get to it. Uh, Check out these books. Uh, Definitely Ed Catmull, Creativity Inc. Awesome book. Uh, Like I said, very complex in some of the ideas about thinking about, you know, managing creative people and just things I've never considered and, and the type of deep thinking that sometimes, like I said, frightened me to the point of man, am I not thinking about my own process enough? All right, make sure you do something you want to do today. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.